Hello, and welcome to Conversations from the World of Allergy, a podcast produced by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. I'm your host, Dave Stukas. I'm a board-certified allergist and immunologist and serve as a social media medical editor for the Academy. Our podcast series will use different formats to interview thought leaders from the world of allergy and immunology. This podcast is not intended to provide any individual medical advice to our listeners. We do hope that our conversations provide evidence-based information. Any questions pertaining to one's own health should always be discussed with their personal physician. The Find an Allergist search engine on the Academy website is a useful tool to locate a listing of board-certified allergists in your area. Finally, use of this audio program is subject to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology Terms of Use Agreement, which you can find at www.aaai.org. Today's edition of our Conversations from the World of Allergy podcast series will discuss the new journal being launched by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology called the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology Global. We are pleased to welcome Dr. David Peden as our guest for today's episode. Dr. Peden is the Senior Associate Dean for Translational Research and the Medical Director of the Center for Environmental Medicine, Asthma, and Lung Biology at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine. Dr. Peden is a past president of the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, and has led a long and distinguished career as a clinician scientist focused on investigating the impact of environmental agents and pollutants on respiratory and systemic inflammation and physiology. He's also the new editor-in-chief of the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology Global, which we'll discuss today. Dr. Peden, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, and welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks. It's great to be here. I think this is going to be a wonderful way for our, our listeners to learn about this new journal, and for myself as well. It's very exciting. But before we discuss some of those details, I'd like to learn more about your own path towards a career as a cl- clinician scientist. When did you first become interested in research? So, ironically enough, I uh, uh, my research exposure began when I played softball in the summer of my of my uh, junior year. I was I had. Uh, uh, I was at West Virginia University, and, the, and a friend of mine was a technician in the Department of Pharmacology and Toxicology. Uh, and it was before I got into medical school, I said, sure, I, I was doing summer school at that time. Uh, so I got on the team. There I, I met a guy who was a who was a, a diehard Chicago Cubs fan. His name is Knox Van Dyke, and he uh, uh, he had a lab. And when I was in my senior year, uh, I wanted an honors biology project. I never thought I would be a researcher. I was quite convinced I was going to be a primary care provider. Uh, but he let me play in his lab and like answer questions. Uh, and uh, uh, and that, and actually, my, my research area was in was uh, rudimentary neutrophil biology, and I looked at oxidative bursts and in uh, effective drugs on it, and ultimately the differences in oxidative bursts in infants versus adults. And uh, so that's how I got into research. And and because I had been able to be in a lab and write a couple of papers. Uh, when it came time for me to finish my pediatrics residency, I, I applied literally on a lark because I saw a brochure to the NIH, where, uh, and much to my surprise, I got hired there. <laughs> and and so so that's how my that that's how my answer. It was it was uh, wonderful serendipity coupled with uh, uh, you know a wow. Who would have hired me for this? That's really interesting. Can you recall anything about that first summer in the lab that really, uh, you know, stoked your passion and 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 wanted you to to learn more about research? Well, you know, the the process of devising experiments. First of all, I was given enough. I was given enough leeway to to do some stuff, uh, but but enough coaching so I wouldn't do it entirely wrong. 
Uh, and I think, and, and there was as much discussion about the hypotheses and why we would do this. And, and, and Knox was really interested in, in clinical application and was not, uh, it was not just, I shouldn't say not just, I mean, frankly, much of the tests we have now are all on the backs of hardcore basic science. We'd have, we'd have no MRI vaccines if we didn't have cell biologists that had spent 15 years studying this. But, you know, from my perspective, uh, it, it, we were able to do that. And when I was a resident, actually, is when I, uh, I, I took my master's degree with Knox while I was in medical school. And then I stayed at West Virginia for my residency. And while there, uh, I, that was where I could do the uh, get access to neonatal neutrophils. And I wrote a, a modest paper in the journal of pediatrics at the time. And, uh, and uh, uh, but that was yeah, but but it was the iterative interaction. And it was you know, uh, you know, he, he, his lab looked like a mad scientist lab. I mean, it was, a, you know, but it was, uh, uh, but for me, it was a great place to gain some confidence in how to, you know, form a hypothesis, answer questions and, and have fun while doing it. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. And you mentioned serendipity about just some of the individuals that you met uh, early on in your career, but if you take a note of any pivotal moments throughout your career that maybe have steered you in a certain direction that you didn't really see yourself going in, aside from your initial foray into, into research, of course. Well, you know, well, a couple, but first of all, I, uh, 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 Knox was a big point of that. Uh, I had very, I, once I dabbled in the laboratory, my department chair, uh, Bill Neal, who just sadly recently passed away, uh, you, know, w- you know, when I was a resident, he recognized the value of a physician scientist. And when I sheepishly asked for some time, a, a month or two off uh, on a research elective, uh, he, he more than enthusiastically buffered my time to allow me to get some time to finish this paper on neonatal neutrophil function. Uh, and, uh, and I had in West Virginia it, at, at the time I was there, we didn't have a ton of fellows, which meant that senior residents did a fair amount of the, of the things that I think in many institutions now fellows do. So I had, I had exposure to that. I had some very good hemoc attendings. I had uh, a wonderful ID in, uh, attending and my, my general career path uh, was going to be something allergy immunology. And then I met a guy named Eric Brustel, who was who was a physician scientist and actually left West Virginia to go to ECU. Uh, but he uh, uh, he also cemented my interest in research. Uh, when I went to the NIH, I uh, uh, one thing that stuck that struck me that, that I think is really important. The bait, in my opinion, so I guess it's my opinion. It's I'm allowed to say whatever I want, but uh, but. Uh, I think that to be a successful physician scientist, it is built on the basis of being a strong physician to understand where we are in medicine now, so that when you approach your research question it is from the context of trying to find some relevance to it. And, and, and actually, when I went to, to NIH and I, I believe me, I, you know, I, I was, you know, I was a pediatrician from West Virginia in, in the middle of the NIH and, and uh, what I found was that the clinical skills I had at, at West Virginia, coupled with the research experience I got, uh, really helped me because that first year, all of all of us at the NIH were basically interns again uh, on this very unusual service that included, uh, uh, you know, Mike Frank's compliment patients and uh, Warren Strober's GI patients and uh, 
John Gallen and Harry Malik's CGD patients, which we had, you know, that was a year we were testing gamma interferon. So we had an atypically high number of children in my group of fellows who were 10 of us, two were pediatricians. So we were, uh, we were popular for phlebotomy. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And uh, uh, Anthony Fauci's uh, vasculitis and at the time HIV patients. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, so I, you know, so uh, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. And it's a tremendous amount I learned. Uh, my calendar was my research mentor, and uh, uh, and so when I find, you know, I got into the lab, all those people were tremendous in you know, impact. I mean, Mike was great to me and gave me a spot, uh, and Mike Frank uh, probably had more job interviews with Mike Frank than I've had with anyone else in my life. Hmm. Well, um, I love you sharing your background. And it sounds like you have just a wonderful family tree of, of folks that you were around early on in your career. And I know that you serve as a wonderful mentor for many now as they're starting their careers. So along those lines, do you have any practical advice for medical trainees or junior faculty that are looking to follow a similar career path as yours? Well, you know, frankly, the way medical school admissions are now, uh, it, it, it is useful if you want to be a physician scientist uh, to, to get some science background, some of that can be formal. Some of that can be as an undergraduate getting into some degree of a research experience. Uh, uh, and, and I think that for, for many admissions committees, uh, the folks are beginning to look for that. Uh, I do think that, uh, you know, you know, medical school is fairly uh, prescribed, but, uh, you know, in the summers and in the, and in your undergraduate experience, uh, looking for some mentored research experience, whether it's in the form of a class that you can take. You know, some some universities do this for coursework, some study experience. Uh, the center I work in, I mean, and I'm now kind of the medical director. I'm the medical director. Uh, the, the 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 day-to-day lab stuff is run by uh, you know the director of our center is a is a PhD immunotoxicologist named Alona Jaspers and and one of my best and one of my longtime colleagues Neil Alexis runs our biorepository and it's in those labs that a lot of people get their in our center get their mm-hmm. lab leg uh, and they're both really good at doing for me what Knox Van, or doing for them what Knox Van Dyke did for me, giving them enough, you know, giving them, you know, uh, giving them some chance to uh, uh, to play in a lab and get some and get some lab legs, but with enough structure that they're actually you know making some forward progress. Uh, so, uh, I actually I should I should also mention Heather Wells who works with Neil, uh, who is who's the lab manager who probably really does. Uh, make sure that their work, uh, that their effort equals work and not just smoke. Mm. You know, that's, this is a common theme that I hear from so many of our guests of just the value of mentorship. And for all of us, it, it's, you know, working with those who can open doors for us and, and sort of help us build those skills that we need to grow our own careers. Uh, well, let's move on to the new journal, Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology Global. Why on earth did the Academy decide to start a third journal? Give us some background here. So, you know, I, and this happened while I was on the board and, and, and there was discussions while I was president and, and when I was initially on the board, my first term, you know, that's when in practice came about. Uh, mm. And, and I think the reason for, you know, for going beyond Jackie is that there are elements, you know, there are areas of investigation and areas of research that are germane to our specialty and important to many of our practitioners and, and, and scientists within our specialty that just simply don't have the voice that, that we might want them to have. So, for instance, uh, Jackie, under both uh, Donald Young's leadership and continued with uh, Zuhair Ballas, are, you know, is the, you know, 
is the number is the number one cited journal for allergy in the world, and and regularly uh, is the number one rated uh, impact factor uh, allergy journal uh, in the world, and it's there because they take the pick of the litter, or they take mm-hmm. you know the, they. And what what the, what that means, and what it meant when I was an associate editor there, was that we're really looking for articles that uh, that are going to be clinically or or, or uh, paradigm shifting. It's either a phase three clinical trial. If it's a phase two study, it's going to be a real important proof of concept that's never been done before. If it's an environmental study, it's going to be something that can either you know that that if published uh, could end up changing a regulation or as a large epidemiology study. I, you know, I, I won't speak for Zuhir or the various things he takes, but but there's a focus towards biggish studies that are, are going to move the area forward. In practice, uh, it's true to his name. And, and uh, uh, you know, the, uh, they, they have taken the, uh, you know, Michael and, and Bob Zeiger, Michael Schatz and Bob Zeiger have, have and his team, have taken that journal, they've taken top-rate articles, but the ones that are more in the mode of implementation or, or practice, you know, you, you know, if Jackie's the translational journal, you know, this is the new drug and we just found that it's going to work and there's, you know, you know, in practice, I think is like, you know, well, here's how you actually could use it. Here what the studies show you should implement it, you know, you know, which biologics for whom and, uh, you know, you know, does immunotherapy for X work for, you know, disease Y? Uh, and, and, and I, I, you know, I've actually, I've looked to both of the journals, uh, in thinking about what, what global does, but so, so why global? What, what I found while I was an associate editor, uh, is that, and Jackie is that there were a lot of good things. They were just not ready for prime time. They were developmental or they were early stage studies or they were small sample size. They were intriguing, but not definitive. Uh, and a lot of basic science gets passed over. I mean, the truth of the matter is a, a lot of, you know, cell culture work or animal model work or, or uh, you know, some really important stuff, in, you know, unless it's really paradigm shifting uh, and a truly novel concept. And frankly, much many of those articles go to more regular basic science journals don't have much voice in the academy or it's not as much as 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 we all felt they deserve including zuhair and michael i mean all of us felt that there was a niche but you know in in order for allergy to be competitive in grant funding jackie frankly needs to remain a top tier high impact journal but we need a home and we need a place for for these earlier studies or these, you know, you know, modest sample size, but very intriguing, the kinds of studies that point to, that, that provide the rationale for the bigger studies that ultimately may get into the other journals. And so th- that was our motivation. The other motivation was uh, we really, so, so Jackie Global is kind of a, you know, has two meanings. One is global as we want to reach out and be more embracing uh, of international authors. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the resources in, in various places vary from region to region. So, so oftentimes very informative case reports in very unique populations, if they're small and not immediately applicable to, to European North America, they, they may not get the voice in Jackie, but uh, we hope that we would provide that voice uh, in, in global. Uh, global also means a more global expanse of the of the practice of science. So more basic science, phase one, phase two, proof of concept studies, uh, uh, reports that might actually lead, you know, in fact, 
I'm envisioning that very interesting case reports, we might invite those authors to not just go to the case report, but then do a, either a narrative or a structured review around base, you know, inspired by their case, but then provide a, an article that would also inform what, what do we know about you know, non-IgE-mediated drug reactions. I mean, I'm making up a, a case, but that's, mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, put another way, we're kind of going to be the plus one for allergy. You know, and, and our sister agencies have, you know, uh, uh, Yaki, there are other journals that, that, that are kind of in that mode as well. But that's sort of, that's, that's the mindset that, that we have. Uh, and, you know, I'm anticipating a roughly, you know, 40 to 50% acceptance rate. We're not going to just accept everything. Uh, there has mm -hmm. to be a hypothesis or, 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 or an informative case. Uh, it, needs to it needs to be not so spurious that it really... You know, it, it, it's so unique, you don't know what to make out of it, but it does not need to be, you know, uh, a, a giant sample size definitive clinical trial either. So, mm -hmm. you know, during this first year, we, we will find our pattern. You know, we, you know, I, I, you know after a year or two, I, I suspect early on, we're going to pass on papers. We're going to wish we did. We're going to accept some papers that we, you know, in, in retrospect, uh, uh, might have, you know, might have needed a little bit more refinement. Uh, but that's the goal is to be is to provide a voice for a lot of investigators that I think have not felt that their work could be published in academy journals, although they oftentimes present their abstracts at our academy meeting. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting that perspective you offer of how you as the editor in chief and as a new journal, you sort of have to find your way as well. And I imagine a lot of that just relies upon the types of submissions that you receive and, and what gets published and things like that. But another key difference that I noticed was that Jackie Global is going to be open access. Uh, and so why is it important to have open access journals and what type of commitment did, does that require from the academy in order to, to provide that? Well, open access, I mean, a subscription-based journal, you know, has a different business model. People subscribe to it. Uh, uh, now, now both Jackie and Jackie in practice ultimately are open access, you know, to, to people that are NIH or have funding agencies that require it, but there's usually a year or so embargo where, you know, the early access, you, you know, you, you know, you either download the article for a fee or you're a long-term subscriber. That's a standard traditional business model for journals and, uh, and, and one that, that most top tier journals maintain. When I say top tier, I should, let me rephrase that more. The more competitive, exclusive journals, uh, you know, maintain. Uh, the open open access, though, uh, first of all, gold open access, which is truly open access, means that, you know, anybody, you know, anybody with Internet access, once the once the article is accepted, should be able to download it and use that information. Uh, uh, the NIH hasn't quite gotten to the point where they're demanding gold open access, but but uh, uh, PubMed Central is essentially the na our nation's way to ensure that anything that's federally funded has to ultimately, within a year, be you know, with, you know, from initial acceptance, be deposited on the PubMed Central so that a, ver a version uh, of that article is available to to anybody with internet access. But uh, European funders uh, and Research for Life Consortium, which is a consortium uh, that includes, you know. Uh, investigators and clinicians that are in, you know, less well-resourced areas of the world than ours, uh, you know, there's a move towards making more, you know, making research more transparent, making research more available. So the business model for that is that when when people submit their fees, there's a there's an article processing fee that you know that that that's how you make the journal viable. 
clearly the academy has put you know some budget into this as well mm -hmm. to help support that while while we're getting there and and you know i mean that's true for actually all the journals to a certain extent although jack you know jackie does great uh you know, from a from a business perspective uh but that that and that will be an ongoing thing we we take it you know, we take advantage of we we collectively think long term this you know, uh, global will be i mean if we look at this purely from a business sense you know you know you know the, the academy now has a family of journals and and there's a regular quarterly meeting that 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 traditionally had involved Zuhair and Michael and now includes me. So we try to be fairly consistent about and, and agree on many key issues, uh, uh, including, you know, there's a recent uh, New England Journal publication that uh, speaks to, you know, needing to needing to specify how inclusive your research populations were, you know, and therefore how, you know, how relevant those results are to all populations. You know, we're meeting to figure out exactly what, what our, our journal stance will be, but we've, unless there's some major reason for divergence, uh, we're, we're striving to have some of these key core concepts to be consistent across the journals. Jackie Global, I think, are, are from a business goal. We want to be enough of a home so that when people uh, submit, they uh, uh, you know when when they submit, they they you know they know they'll get a voice, and ultimately you know hopefully as their studies become more mature, or more definitive, or lead to more definitive studies, uh, those will those will then be Jackie submissions. I think that the, you know so we're you know we we really want to better embrace. Uh, our investigators, including junior investigators, including uh, investigators from regions that, uh, you know, that have not been as, uh, you know, that we've not accommodated for all kinds of understandable reasons with our with our bigger journals. So uh, just to clarify, um, do authors who submit to Jackie Global need to pay a fee to have their work published in the journal? So generally, yes. Uh, they don't need to publish a fee to have their work reviewed. So we, you know, so, so we will, you know, so you, you submit the article as reviewed, uh, but no going out. So in, in most labs in the US that have developed, you know, our, our initial uh, for a full article, uh, original submission will be about $2,000, which is in the same range as many other open, maybe even better than some open access journals. Uh, for a small report, a case report or a brief report, be $800. However, a big however, for the Research for Life countries and Elsevier, which is the publishing house that, that the academies work with for all the journals, uh, if you, for authors that are, you know, in regions that do not have the same research infrastructure as North America or Europe have or Australia, uh, you know, there were, there are modified fees or fee waivers. And we had, and actually in our contract with Elsevier, I, I've forgotten how many, frankly, but there, there is a certain number of, of overt fee waivers that we can, that we can provide uh, again, uh, not for countries that have reasonably well-funded research infrastructure, but for, and for, for those places that do not, uh, we do not want to, because of money, exclude those voices as well. Mm -hmm. now, you offered some background as to the types of submissions you're, you're looking to receive for Jackie Global, and you'd like to be a home for a lot of folks who may not find their work uh, necessarily suitable for Jackie or other journals. But what types of manuscripts are you looking to publish? Is it going to be sort of the same allotment as we see in the other journals um, through the Academy, or are you going to have any different types of uh, formats to offer? 
Well, we will accept case reports that that are not a format that that Jackie will have. Uh, we're not going to accept every case report. Uh, you know, there, there's a there's an informative case report or series of patients, and then there's the case report that you write really quickly so you can have a reason to come mm -hmm. to the meeting. You know, those are perhaps less likely to be published without you know, unless it's a super weird case or a compelling case or, you know, the discovery of a new mutation that leads on to something else, but. Uh, uh, we will we will have uh, st uh, structured reviews as well as uh, as well as narrative reviews. In terms of the genre of our, you know, so our article types are going to look more or less the same. Uh, what I expect we, what I'm hoping we'll see more of, are basic science, uh, either in vitro studies or uh, or animal studies that that don't regularly uh, that are not suitable because the Jackie's translational and uh, uh, human translational and uh, in practice is, uh, you know, is, is clinical. So, you know, we, we will, I mean, it may be another comparison to journals many people know is we might be kind of the red journal for our mm -hmm. academy, much as the so-called red journal uh, is, uh, has that role in the, uh, uh, for the American Thoracic Society. Many of our members uh, are familiar with that. So that's a, another comparator. So the other thing, though, is that, is that once an article is accepted, and this is true, you know, you know, we, we will we will have quarterly issues, but because we're online, you don't have to wait for the issue to come out and it'll come out digitally. But, you know, before, you know, once an article has a, a DOI designation, uh, we'll, it'll be posted and it'll be citable uh, and it can be considered a published uh, an accepted published article. So uh, uh, so we're hopeful that between a, 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 a you know, a different quality bar. You know, for for Jackie Global, you have to be solid, but not ex necessarily exclusive. For Jackie, mm -hmm. you need to be exclusive, and for in practice, you need to be, for lack of a better phrase, immediately useful to the to the practicing population. Uh, ours is, uh, uh, but you know, so there there are clearly standards, but they're not as exclusive. Uh, yeah, this is for good early work that that you know that we're hopeful will lead somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned the quarterly publication schedule, but also uh, once um, manuscripts are accepted for publication, that they'll be available. So how, what's that going to look like? Will it be sort of a continually updated on a consistent basis or, you know, once a quarter, you're going to push certain theme issues or, or things like that? Uh, give us a sense of what you're thinking. So for any one given article, they will be available as soon as they're published. We will organize, we will organize, uh, 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 you know, issues as they are uh i we we've actually we you know, we're i'm not firmly decided about theme issues or not there may be a couple of key themes that that are you know world asthma day we may make a, you know we may uh, contribute to that uh you know i i think uh i i think in the spirit of remaining open and available uh we we may have some some themes we want to or some areas we want to enrich and we may you know, try to solicit articles in a certain area, uh, what, you know, you know, early, you know, early stage drug allergy or studies or, you know, uh, uh, basic investigations of, uh, of immune deficiency or those sorts of things. Uh, but I, I don't think we're going to be quite as, we're going to need quite so much to have theme issues, uh, as, uh, as Jackie or, uh, in practice does. You know, the other thing I wanted to point out, though, is, uh, you know, uh, the, the value for of Jackie and for in practice for those authors that get in is they are higher impact journals. I mean, you know, uh, and, and uh, 
you know, I, I and I certainly want to be as high an impact journal as we want, but not, you know, not, you know, our 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 part in this team is not to be the you know, the you know is not to be Jackie. We're not going to be another Jackie. We are going to be you know, maybe I don't know, early Jackie, but the, uh, <laughs> but the uh, uh, but the uh, uh, you know so so uh, so we you know like I said we, we will look for certain theme areas uh, intermittently. Uh, but our focus is going to be on service to authors. Uh, so we want, we want articles, once they're accepted, we want them to be posted fairly quickly. The other thing that we anticipate doing as, we, as, as our team gels and as we become more established is to offer, and, and frankly, the other journals do this as well, you know, I, I'm more, and as I said, when I interviewed for this position, I'm more interested in the H factor than the impact factor. Mm -hmm. For those who aren't familiar, the H factor is an individual author's citations. And there are many tricks, as it were, or maneuvers one can do, uh, because once your article is published in a, in a, in a, in a, in a journal that is, you know, that is indexed in, say, PubMed, you know, the right search terms will find that article, whether it's in Jackie or whether it's in New England Journal or whether it's in a, a or whether it's in Jackie Global. Uh, and I think there are some tricks to how you title a, a, an article that mm -hmm. that make it more easily found. Uh, you know, so, for instance, the, you know, the effect of, you know, uh, you know, studies of the effect of corticosteroids on hives is not the same as. Uh, high dose corticosteroids cure highs, mm. and uh, uh, probably not the best example I could have thought of right now. Because I mean, if anyone can really cure highs besides nature, you let me know. But the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, the uh, uh, but but that said, I, I think there are little nuances in, in how one titles and articles. Oftentimes, and and when Jackie was still in a position to accept letters to the editor, which they're not now because of impact factor rules. Uh, the, uh, you know, uh, I used to, I used to coach people to say, you know, your conclusion should be your title. Mm. I think that's yeah. good advice. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, the, the, t the immediate take home point should be there. And then your article should prove that point. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, so we're, we're interested in figuring out ways that we can promote articles. Not everyone's going to have a highly cited article. Many people publish very important work. But in a very focused audience, I would argue that there's a lot of occupational work that doesn't have the broad catchment that a new biologic for asthma will have. But for those people, for that relatively, you know, for those people that have an occupational illness that see the small, the smaller cadre of us that focus a lot on occupational disease, those articles have significant impact for them. That's an important area uh, as an example that I think we, you know, uh, could be better serviced with global. Sure. You know, it's funny, you, you reminded me of uh, an editorial I, I was privileged to publish about a decade ago, and I believe the title was along the lines, Childhood Asthma and Obesity, the Chicken or the Egg, or something like that. Yeah. And to this day, uh, twice a week, I still get solicitations from um, veterinary journals asking me to publish my work with them because they catch up on the chicken and the egg in the title. Um, so it <laughs> triggers their algorithm. So yeah, it's just, it's hilarious. But no, I think that was a great point that you, that you mentioned there. Uh, well, where are you going to get your reviewers from? Is this going to be uh, for people who review for Jackie or Jackie um, in practice? Are they going to automatically be put in the pool or are there other ways that people can get involved? So 
so initially, yes, we will. Uh, uh, we we have we have access to. We've been uh, uh, our our editor colleagues have graciously uh, granted us access to their reviewer pools, and and we are inviting reviewers even now. So we we we've you know we we launched in uh, September one. And we have we we we've received both transfer articles for, uh, from other journals or from our other journals as well as uh, some de novo submissions. Uh, and right now we're we're using the we're using principally the Jackie database. Uh, there's a lot of overlap between uh, Jackie and practice anyway. Uh, uh, but uh, and 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 you know, the in practice team has allowed us to do that as well. Ultimately, uh, as 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 the other journals have, we will. Uh, you know, we will get, you know, people can uh, email us uh, uh, and uh, of course that will, that will inspire you to ask me who to email to. And I don't remember that. <laughs> we'll, we'll put link, we'll put links in the show notes and everything like that. So you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, 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 and, and oftentimes, you know, if a, if a new author comes in uh, after, after we've seen their, their work, uh, we might invite them to be, to be a reviewer uh and you know and we'll follow the same word of mouth and and or other avenues that uh, uh that that other folks have had and to be quite honest if people do not want to be in eventually do not want to be on our database uh, because they're just you know swamped with op opportunities to review how's that for a euphemism uh, <laughs> uh we can uh, you know we, we can tailor that as well uh but uh but our initial our initial reviewer pool we are we are building from uh, from our from the ones that our academy is currently building. Okay, and most of the time it's if I recall about fourteen days uh, turnaround time is requested of reviewers for Jackie and, and Jackie in practice. Are you anticipating the same request of your reviewers for Jackie Global as well? Uh, yes, we will make that same request. I, I uh, given the demands that people have on their time to ask for unless there's a hot article. Hmm. But frankly, an article that hot may not, you know, will, you know, uh, unless it's, uh, well, there's two definitions of hot. One is the information is so new and so immediate that we need to get it in. The other article is hot is I have a grant submission coming and I need to show productivity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I, and my grant's going in in, in five weeks. Uh, uh, but in, unless an article is, is hot, as it were, I, I, I anticipate that realistically, uh, you know, you know, life has a funny way of getting into best intended volunteer work. And so, mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we will, we will politely pester reviewers and we'll try to get people to, 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 to move more quickly. Uh, again, I think, uh, I, I think, uh, some of our clinical articles do not need to be as, as complete as, uh, they have been for other journals. That's, I'm not inviting people to just throw stuff at us, but, uh, mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully we will we will not have a ton of second or third reviews. I mean, for Jackie, occasionally, really, you know, there you know a small number of papers really do go to, to almost everyone gets an initial opportunity to revise their their manuscript. Mm -hmm. uh, but the opportunity may not be the way that the authors think about it. But uh, <laughs> and, and and occasionally they get a second opportunity as well. And I, you know, I'm hopeful that that will not be as much the case. Uh, the only, you know, one thing we'll have to be mindful of is that when um, authors are not fluent in English, uh, just as I'm not fluent in most other languages, mm -hmm. uh, those who know me will say just about any other language, uh, some who really know me wonder if I'm fluent in English, but be that as it may, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, 
uh, you know, there, there will, there will be occasional language issues that come up and Elsevier occasionally has a service that can help with, uh, where the, the science is great and the, and the methodology is fine. Uh, but you know, you, you need to, you, you need to edit the, the article for an English speaking audience. Mm -hmm, sure. Now, are there any features that open access will allow you to do that may be constrained by print formats, such as use of uh, all color figures or differences in word count or things I can't even think of right now? So anything else that you can kind of play around, uh, play with because of the format you're going to use? Well, I, I don't I don't envision the word count being much different. And the reason for that is that there's still, you know, the reviewers have to read all those words. Uh, so mm -hmm. so we may not be slavish to the word count if there's a need for further explanation, but, uh, but we'll, you know, I, I'm not going to deviate too much from that. <clears throat> uh, as, as we get our voice, uh, as we get more experience, I'm anticipating that there, that there may be, uh, that there may be some flexibility with, with color figures, et cetera. Uh, I will point out that both in practice and, and, uh, and Jackie, you know, I mean, your articles, when you get accepted, do get posted online pretty quickly, you know, even mm -hmm. before the, the print articles come out. So, so there may not be a ton of difference there. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the big difference, though, is that uh, it will be open access, which means that once, once it's on our, you know, Elsevier's website, you know, once we have, uh, once it's been accepted, uh, it is fine and it has a DOI. It is findable by anyone with Internet access. Uh, and I think that, uh, uh, and, and that, and, 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 and I literally be in one, so it can be, doesn't have to subscribe to the journal, et cetera. And so that will help authors that have a requirement to be involved, you know, there's more in, in, in Europe and overseas than it is in the U.S. just yet. But for those authors that need gold open access now, uh, Jackie will adhere to that, or Jackie Global will adhere to that standard and, and can also be a place uh, for them. Mm. I think that's an important point for authors to consider. But what are some other, you know, talking points or, or reasons why authors should choose Jackie Global was their first destination, uh, as opposed to other allergy journals. Well, you know, to be frank, I, I think that uh, the Jackie family of journals and the Academy uh, is, a, you know, the the you know the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, and I have a robust bias, having served on the board of directors and having had the privilege of of having a year as president. You know, we 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 are the top, or, or certainly one of the top. We we feel we're 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 uh, the, the largest prestigious both clinical and translational allergy immunology organization uh, you know in the world uh, and uh, the the board of directors would not have commissioned a third journal without mm -hmm. the expectation that it's going to be a quality journal being more you know being more open does not mean it, it has no, you know it, it won't be discerning uh, you know you know you just you just simply don't have to be uh, immediately impactful uh, and I and I do think that to be frank, I think that Jackie brand has meaning. We you know when we discussed the, the nomenclature of this, we we mimicked what uh, you know what JAMA has done, and we mimicked what Lancet has done. Uh, and they and those two journals did that for a reason. The the brand name of JAMA and the brand name of Lancet have powerful meaning. And mm -hmm. frankly, uh, 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 Zuhair and Michael and uh, Zuhair's predecessor Donald Young, you know they. They worked really hard to make that brand name worthwhile. So our job as a journalist is to live up to those standards, but still be open enough so that earlier work can, you know, can find its way into print. Mm -hmm. Digital promotion. 
Sure, sure. <laughs> Are you already accepting submissions? I think you mentioned yes. was it September 1st? Yes, we have. Uh, so our, our, we, we have gotten submissions uh, in a couple of ways. Uh, uh, one is by uh, if a article does not does not fit best with Jackie, but uh, uh, Zuhair or the editors think that uh, it's a good article, it's just not quite for them. Uh, we've gotten some referred over for uh, to, from them. And likewise, uh, in practice, uh, has the same thing. And we are now, we, we are beginning to get de novo subs uh, submissions now. So we are getting both direct from authors uh, and transfers uh, from one journal to the next. Uh, so when a transfer occurs, what happens is that basically, you know, it, it comes to our system. I take a look at it. Uh, if I think If I think it's within our wheelhouse and we should consider it, then what happens is that the uh, then then the authors are are you know there's communication with the authors and they're given the option of yes you, you know we would like global to 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 review it or they can say thanks but no we're going to submit to wherever we're going to submit to mm -hmm. so it's not it's not automatic at some juncture there may be an automatic checkbox that say if we don't accept it you want to go to you know another quad AI journal uh, but at the moment we we you know we look at it. Uh, it, yeah, that can happen pre-review, which in, which that means is that Zuhair looks at it or Michael looks at it and says, yeah, it's it's a you know this is okay stuff or this is good stuff, but it's not quite for us. Uh, let's let's see if it's appropriate for global because they have a broader scope, a, a broader uh, you know uh, mechanism scope, not not you know uh, basic science uh, case report, etc. Uh, they can also come post-review where there's been a review by Jackie uh, or by InPractice, and a lot of salient points have been come up, have, have, have been identified. And so things are not quite what they, you know, you know so it's not as, you know, it's just not as good a fit as, as one would think, uh, as the authors would hope, but they will also get that. Now, if, if the article has been already reviewed, uh, what, what I will do is I will, you know, if the authors say, yes, we would like, uh, global to review it. In part, this is the beauty of using the same reviewer pool. We will say, rather than start all over again, mm. I, I will ask the authors to uh, to respond to the previous reviews. And then, you know, the, the previous reviewers may or may not be in a position to do the second review. We hope that they will be. But otherwise, uh, you know, any subsequent reviews will, will occur with, uh, in the context of they've already responded to reviews, not starting mm -hmm. all over. Yeah, that's a very interesting aspect of it and one that you can take advantage of given the overlap there. That's, that's really interesting. Well, uh, where can authors go to find more information about submitting their manuscripts to Jackie Global? Well, we, you know, so we have a, uh, it'll be linked through the Academy website. Mm -hmm. uh, be quite honest, when I'm getting to any of our journals, uh, I usually, uh, uh, looking for articles, uh, I, you know, as a reader, I go to the Jackie website first and then, and then I follow that lead. Uh, now for submissions, uh, uh, it's it's an editorial manager, and the backslash is is, is Jackie G for Jackie mm -hmm. Global, uh, and uh, you know hopefully you'll you'll be able to provide those links uh, in mm -hmm. the in the materials that go with the podcast, uh, uh, and you know there will be you know technically our first our first edition or our first issue will come out coincident with. Uh, uh, the national meeting, uh, which, you know, knock on wood, pray that it's, it's, uh, it's, we're able to do this in person and not, uh, not that zoom isn't wonderful, but, uh, 
you know, uh, it's not the same as in person. Hopefully we're able to do that. Absolutely. And I anticipate that at the annual meeting, whether it's virtual or in person or hybrid, that we're going to see a, a lot more information about Jackie Global. Yes, it, we, we will. We will do that. Uh, the other thing about Jackie Global being all digital, this is this is because of my research interest. Uh, it's a green journal. Uh, mm. you know, in other words, there, uh, no, no trees have died unless they were cut down to fuel the power plants. But no trees, were, you know, no, no trees were used in printing the articles until you print them out of your printer. But uh, but if you're reading it, if you're just reading, if you're if you got a PDF and you're looking at it on your smartphone or computer, uh, my eyesight requires a computer. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that makes it one more. Uh, you know, you know it, it makes its uptake more widespread, but it also, uh, you know, we, we will not have, you know, we will not have the physical imprint journal. And frankly, that that element has made the entire open access community more feasible because mm -hmm. uh, uh, because they're virtual publications. Sure. Do you have any advice for authors prior to submission? Do you see just common mistakes that people make that lead to either more extensive reviewer comments or the need for, you know, immediate changes from the editorial staff? Well, so first of all, I think knowing what, to be honest, knowing what your result is and knowing what your storyline is and why, why this result would be is meaningful in the context of either building basic science that would be relevant to an allergy immunology disease. Uh, th that's an important first step. Uh, I do think that many basic science biology papers uh, that, you know, if, if you're printing in a journal that is dedicated to specific diseases, you, you would like to outline you know why why is this signaling pathway in epithelial cells germane to or why is it potentially germane to people that study asthma allergy mm -hmm. skin disease etc uh so so that would be one thing uh the other thing frankly is to uh, as much as possible is to make it clear to the reader you know if if the article is hard to read it you know people if they have limited bandwidth, they're going to give up reading the article. Uh, so your abstract has to be informative. Uh, what drives me nuts is when an abstract is fairly vague and you're really looking for the punchy take home point. And uh, uh, the other thing is uh, where, where, a, where a lot of reviews get tripped up is with, uh, is with their uh, over, over extending their results. So in other words, they, they've made a finding. It might be statistically significant. How biologically relevant is it? Uh, you know, people sometimes oversell that. Uh, uh, I, I think putting putting your result into perspective, and also, uh, you know, where you know where this where this article will go next. I think those things. Uh, you know, if you're going to give a lecture based on, you know, I, I would say pretend you're giving a talk. Mm. You know, you're, you're giving a talk and you're describing. You know, okay, and you're giving your talk because you're interviewing for a job at another place. So you want your audience engaged. You do not want them, you know, you might be dazzle them with how complicated your methods are, but you will also be fuddled them as to why they should hire you. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I would say, pretend you're given a talk based on that, based on your article, what's the take home point you would want your talk to have. Keep that in mind because your readers want to know that take home point as well. And if you can put that in the abstract or put it in the title. So people know what it is that you, you know, what you did and why you're doing. 
Yeah, I like that. So if I may summarize, what I'm hearing from you is a couple of key points. One, know your audience. Uh, two, don't bury the lead. Yeah. <laughs> and and three, forget the smoke and mirrors. Uh, it is what it is. Just stick with the the main take home points and uh, and go from there. Absolutely, I think those are. Uh, you said it better than I would. <laughs> I'm just feeding back all the great information you gave us. <laughs> Well, you know, I'd like to ask, um, how many manuscripts do you think that you personally read each day? Well, to be honest, right now it's not it's not as many. Uh, I'm 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 be, I'm preparing for the waterfall to come uh, you know, to, to, to come at me. I, I I'm getting a handful now. Uh, the uh, uh, we uh, we have already named. Uh, so we're I'm looking to develop an editorial board, and I've been. Uh, uh, communicating with people, uh, recruiting associate editors on board. Uh, I'm really pleased to to, uh, to say that Mimi Tang uh, from uh, Australia has agreed to, and again, the part of our international scope, uh, uh, has agreed to be an associate editor for us. Uh, uh, there's one other well-known person that uh, has not uh, uh, has not officially been approved yet because all, for all the journals, all editorial board appointments uh, are submitted to the board of directors for approval. That hasn't happened yet, so so I'm not going to say who that is, but uh, it will stun nobody when they see this person's name on the masthead. Uh, but I'm also reaching out to uh, uh, you know, to a variety of other people. I'm I'm hoping to have a person whose primary goal in life is to is to conduct basic science experiments. So that interest is reflected uh, in you know on the uh, you know in the editors. Uh, I'm also you know I'm finding that. This will stun nobody that everybody is super, super busy. Uh, and so for those people that aren't quite ready to commit to an associate editor, I mean, I've, I've been approved for a, a given number. And uh, so I'm not I'm certainly not going to exceed that. But for folks that I would love to have on the board and can't quite do that uh, as editors, uh, I would ask to be on the editorial board. And and for those, I, I would I would view those folks as either ad hoc editors for specific issues uh, to either to either help handle a couple of manuscript submissions. So what an editor does, uh, whether, you know, so the editor in chief sees the submissions and either, you know, and assigns them to associate editors uh, or keeps them for them, you know, or acts as an associate editor themselves. And then they invite reviewers for that, for that article. And then the article goes out for review uh, and to find, you know, you try to get three reviewers and sometimes you have to come up with 20 names to find the people who mm. aren't too busy to do it, aren't already committed to other papers, et cetera. Uh, and then you get the reviews back, and then and then that associate editor has to make a decision about you know uh, is the paper ready to accept, is it ready to accept but with some typos? That's a provisional accept. Uh, uh, there is a minor revision, which is a little bit more than just a couple typos, but really not that big a deal. Probably doesn't require new data or new experiments. Uh, major revision is that. Uh, and then there's then there's a flat out uh, decline or reject, uh, which you know, uh, we wish you the best. Uh, mm -hmm. Not you know it's just not quite for us. Uh, and, uh, and and so some of the you know where where for an associate editor the hard job is when you have one review that says this is the best thing ever published in any language, and another reviewer says this thing should not be published in any language. <laughs> and and so you've got to you know you so so then you've got to you know, view the pros and cons of each approach, uh, and 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 then this, you know, and then you make a decision about uh, how relevant the article. You know, it's it's not a judgment of how good the article is. Although good articles, you know, it's how 
you know, uh, how useful the article will be and, and, and what part of the needle will be moved if that, if that, you know, gets published and people begin to cite it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that's, uh, uh, so, you know, that that's maybe the, the more philosophical view, but, but we really do, uh, uh, as I said, we, we invite basic science papers, uh, uh, with the caveats that they have to be allergy immunology relevant. Uh, so, you know, the, the basic science of, of, uh, turtles is, you know, is a zoology, unless you, unless you're dealing with turtle allergy, uh, is, is a zoology paper, but, uh, the basic science of, of, of you know, airway mechanics or, or mast cell physiology in the context of food allergy or uh, a new uh, potential molecule that seems to interfere with lymphocyte function that could be used to those, you know, those kinds of basic science papers that, you know, that are the building blocks of, you know, of ultimate translational research, uh, we're happy to get those. Mm -hmm. And what if somebody found the cure for hives in turtles? Uh, I, I would, I, I would refer them to a veterinary allergy journal. <laughs> I could, how, I could think. But, but how does a turtle scratch anyway? Well, that's why they suffer. And that's why it's so important. <laughs> oh boy. We, all right. As we, <laughs> as we wind down here, <laughs> you I can't can see, edit this. No, yeah, I can, I can hear you. I could hear you filtering all of your comments as you chose your very politically correct and, and kind <laughs> reply to that. Um, <laughs> Well, being mindful of your time, I'd like to ask you, how do you plan on finding time to serve as editor-in-chief of Jackie Global while also continuing your own research and serving in all of your other leadership roles? I mean, do you ever sleep? Uh, yes, I do sleep. Uh, I, I've, I've been asked that at home more than once. Uh, <laughs> but to be honest, I, I'm, you know, I, uh, I was division chief for 18 years and I've stepped away from that. I was center director. Mm -hmm. I remain medical director of Arts Research Center, but I've I'm very busy with research administration, uh, but this is uh, uh, to, I made space in my effort allocation for something like this. Right now, I'm very busy, but I anticipate that over the next year or so, as, as Jackie Global becomes more established and, and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the research endeavors that I'm continuing to oversee, uh, you know, get defined for the next few years, uh, and that will happen this year, uh, that's... Uh, uh, you know, that's how I'll do this because uh, I, I applied for Jackie Global specifically because I wanted this as part of my, you know, it's, it's one of the major things that I do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is, uh, to me, this was a, uh, you know, that, you know, I, I have a five-year term and uh, my, my view of this is that my job is to, is to get the journal established, get some submissions in, uh, We'll go through growing pains and iterations, and you know, you know what, what what we're accepting a year from now may be a little bit different than what we're accepting now. Uh, that's an experiential thing. Uh, that's just the reality of it. But uh, uh, my my goal is that uh, within a year, year and a half, Jackie Global has seen one you know that we do all the things that we need to do to be indexed, uh, and that takes some time to get done. Uh, but once we're indexed, and once we uh, once we figure out workshops or advice or ways that authors might use. Jackie Global is a way, you know, what, what maneuvers they can use to make sure that their articles are cited and therefore their own personal age factor uh, is good. In Europe, the age factor for promotion is a big deal and increasingly mm. so in the United States. Uh, so, you know, so it's, a, in, it's kind of your personal impact factor. Uh, you know, because of the research I do, I, I you know, I do 
controlled exposure experiments to air pollutants. Uh, and, and our work has been used uh, by the EPA to define some of the, you know, it, as part of a larger, much bigger group of data to help define the clean air standards. Uh, but some of those papers are very niche and very specialized and are, and, and are published in some much more modest, uh, you know, publications. I mean, they weren't in Jackie. But because of particular, in, because of that use, they actually are amongst some of our higher cited, cited papers. Mm -hmm. And and so I think it's, uh, so that that's one reason why I, I think that there are some papers that don't get the don't get the uh, bandwidth that they might deserve because of the way they're titled or the way the abstract reads or something, from you know and and understanding how the search engines find those articles so that people say oh that's an interesting idea or that's an interesting result uh, or I could cite this in planning my own experiment uh, you know that's uh, that's how people can the other thing too is uh, is. A, a well-written review article gets cited very well because, you know, a review article oftentimes provides multiple bits of information. If you're writing a grant, you know, you want to, you know, oftentimes the one review article helps you as you get scattering some of the original uh, uh, papers as well. Well, that's great. Well, Dr. Peden, we, we really can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us today. And I'm excited to see Jackie Global launch and see where it goes. And if you're willing, we'd love to have you back maybe in a, a year or two, and you can kind of offer some reflections on, on how things are going and next directions you're going. And uh, before we depart, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, well, just, uh, you know, I, I, I we're enthusiastic about Global. I hope the allergy community is enthusiastic about it. Uh, uh, I really appreciate uh, uh you taking the time and inviting me to speak to, to, to introduce Jackie Global to uh, to the Academy in, in, in yet another forum. But uh, this has been a great conversation, and uh, I really appreciate all your effort in, in, make, in uh, giving me a chance to, to chat about the journal. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you again. Okay. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. Please visit www.aaai.org for show notes and any pertinent links from today's conversation. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, so you can receive new episodes in the future. Thank you again for listening.